Dublin's Garda headquarters has unveiled plans to allocate an additional 10 million euro to address violence and antisocial behaviour in the city centre. This, of course, follows a series of high-profile attacks. The police force are now aiming to enhance visibility through measures like deploying riot police, dog units, armed officers. The move has um, received criticism from one government TD labelling it as draconian. And the Justice Minister, Helen McEntee, has been relatively quick out the gate to say, oh, hang on a minute, it's not going to be like a police state. She was on breakfast this morning talking with Shane and she said that the suggestions that armed Gardaí were going to be standing guns in hand on street corners were overblown. There's maybe a perception that we're going to have armed Gardaí standing on the corner of our streets. That's not what we're talking about here. The armed support unit has always supported Operation Citizen. They're there in the vans. So it kind of raises the question about how significant is this move therefore going to be? To discuss it, I'm joined by former Garda Inspector and Risk and Security uh, Analyst with Ashtree Risk Group, Tony Gallagher, and Irish Times Security and Crime Editor, Connor Lally. Connor, can I start with you? The, the new plan, €10 million Euro at first glance, seems like a lot of money, but it's a fair, fairly large area to police. So do we know what new dawn the Minister is bringing about? Yeah, so I mean, the, the first thing to see is that the 10 million euro is going to be all over Dublin. So you're looking at city and uh, county, so it won't all be spent in central Dublin. Um, the main component of it is that 10 million is an extra spend on overtime in Dublin to the end of the year. And the main thing that that will allow Gardaí to do is to lay on 240,000 extra policing hours and 20,000 extra Gardaí shifts between now and the end of the year. So that's the, you know, that's the main uh, part of the spending, if you like. And then, as you said in your intro, then we will have, um, you know, we'll have more involvement from what you might coin, you know, uh, called the pointy end of policing, like things like the, you know, the uh, dog unit, the mounted unit, armed units, and particularly the public order unit. And in fact, um, about 2 million of the 10 million euros is going to be spent on the public order unit. So you will basically see teams of Gardaí, uh, you know, dressed in, you know, combat attire or, you know, overalls effectively. They look quite different to our normal guards. They look probably more like the guard you'd see patrolling the streets of Paris or, you know, London or so on. But these will be floating around in relatively small teams of people. Um, they'll only be drafted in if there's a really serious issue. And things like, you know, the extra armed guardie that will be on duty, you won't see them even unless things go very wrong. I mean, you know, these armed guardie are not going to be there tackling teenagers, uh, attacking people on Talbot Street or Temple Bar. The, you know, they will receive some of the extra overtime spent to the end of the year, but it's not a central part of the um, of the Garda response. The main thing is more uniform Garda on the streets, higher visibility, and you will also, if you are out and about in town, you should see the public order unit floating around. I actually saw them uh, last week myself on O'Connell Street, and they just shore up the sense of security and safety in the city. And that you know that's effectively it. Tony Gallagher, as I said, is with us as well. He's a former Garda inspector and he's with the Ashtree Risk Group. Tony, given the task, because when we discuss the, the kind of situation that there is now in, in Dublin city centre, the, the task is fairly vast. You have all of the various different bus routes where there have been public order offences. You have the Lewises, you have the Darts, and then you have about 45, 50 square kilometres of city centre that needs to be policed. Is this going to be enough to do it? Well, you're after mapping it out quite well there. I mean, what they should be doing is treating every day as an as an event. 
And what you do there is you assess the hazards per your hotspot areas and you look at robbery from the person. Where's that occurring? Confrontation on public order issues. Where is that occurring? And assaults with theft and aggression. So you identify the areas and then you put the controls in place. The first part of it is high visibility patrolling. And the second component is the specialist areas of the public order unit and if needed, um, the armed response unit. But that's a component of your plan and it's a graduated response. But when you put a proposal like that in place, that will have the effect of giving confidence to the Gardaí on the beat. And the Gardaí want to be out on the beat there displaying uh, an authoritative position with confidence and with confidence knowing that they have the support of the specialist unit. So I think it's a good move. Now, in terms of the support that the Gardaí require, if you look at the kind of behaviours that are now fairly common in areas around Dublin city centre, we see regular drug taking, we see drug sales, all of that kind of stuff. So whatever about the public order offences and the assaults, if Gardaí are going to be arresting people in large numbers for behaviour that is now endemic in the city, have the courts the, the scope to process all of these arrests? Is there space in the jails? That will be the test. That will be the test. And as we know, I know of many cases where there have been frequent offenders who have been arrested and they've already been out on bail from the courts. So it is um, a test of the system. And you're dead right because the capacity in the jails uh, is not enough. Taunton Hall should be dusted down now and they should be making moves to build that prison. And... um, And then the bail laws need to be looked at in terms of the habitual offenders. But there's about 25 to 30 maybe habitual offenders committing crime in the city. And these are the frequent people that the the Guardian should be case... That's it, 25 to 30? Well, I mean, they they certainly should be case managing uh, um, certain offenders. Because I'm involved with uh, retail trade... um, There are one particular, there is one or two particular robbers in particular who are carrying out crimes in many of the shops and they're out on bail and they keep getting bail. So if you have um, identified your hotspots, you identify your um, people that are committing the crime and then you set about how you tackle that. But part of it is case managing it and the support of the courts that they don't get bail. Tony, talk to me a little bit about the nature of the policing that you would hope to see from these guards who are going to be on the beat. Because if we go back to the the experience in Manhattan in the 80s and 90s with the sort of the the broken window theory that is somewhat pilloried nowadays, but is it that they will be picking up on every small public order offence and trying to change the culture of the city or is it that they're only going to engage in the major and the acute? Well, to be fair to the Gardaí, I'm aware that they are already doing that. They're having days of action that I'm aware of. And invariably, when they stop these people who are repeat offenders, they already have warrants or they already have some attachment that they're being sought for in relation to an interview. So, yes, it is a zero zero tolerance, and I would certainly support that. So you need to identify and keep building. It's like preparing for a football hooligan game, Anton, because... You, you identify who are the people who are likely to give trouble and where is it going to happen. It's not going to happen in Upper Packet Street. It's likely to happen in Temple Bar because these people work like predators looking for vulnerable victims. And when I say vulnerable victims, these are tourists who are quite entitled to enjoy 
all the city offerings. And they should be able to walk around in peace, enjoy themselves, have outside dining. But the Gardaí should be in those areas. You follow the footfall because we have 100 million visitors to Dublin each year. The policing follows the footfall. Conor Lally, to go back to you, Irish Times Security and Crime Editor, we're getting a lot of texts that effectively summarise a consensus that's coming into the show that says, more or less, look, we all understand that it is important to treat the root causes of crime. We all understand that it is important to have interventions at community levels. But short term, we need to see more aggressive responses to the crime. So, for instance, when we stop treating these thugs as children because they are attacking innocent people on the streets and when we charge them and their parents appropriately for their crimes, then we might have a solution to the problems on our streets. Is that what we are likely to see, do you think? Well, I'm not sure the idea of charging parents for the crime, or, yeah, parents for the crimes of children has really caught on in very many places. Um, So I certainly don't see that happening, no. Um, But I do think you touched on something there earlier, Anton, that I, you know, I I really feel is a serious problem now. And it's really become a problem since, I suppose, society and the courts opened back up after the pandemic period. Um, The prison population was, you know, more or less under control during the pandemic because crime fell, and obviously the rate of work of the courts also dropped off. So you had far fewer people being jailed. So the prison population was brought under control. That's back up again now. Um, the prison system is overcrowded. Um, we had some data there in the Irish Times showing that the number of very short uh, sentences um, that had been passed down by the courts in the last year or two had really increased quite a bit. So what you have now is you have this turn of, you know, huge volume of people going in and out of jail all the time for, for you know, fairly short periods of time. And what that means is when people are caught committing crime on the streets, be it, you know, Temple Bar, Tallow Street, wherever it is, and, and they're charged, because the courts are so hectic, they've got such a packed, you know, schedule of uh, cases already on the books, the judges handing the case know that this person won't go on trial for quite some time, and I cannot keep this person in jail for six months or maybe a year, year and a half, for what is, a, you know, at times would be regarded as a relatively minor crime. So what you're having is you... Judges are thinking, I have to grant this person bail, and they're charged sometimes with an offence or even several offences, and they're set free again straight away. And what we've seen is some of those people go back, and sometimes on the same day or the very next day, they're back in the same places where they were caught for their crimes the previous day, and they're at it again. They're robbing people, they're attacking people. So... It's a capacity issue, I think, in the prisons and the courts that is ensuring it's a revolving door system and it's a charter for granting bail to people unless they've been involved in really serious offences. I think that's a massive problem. Um, I also think one of the big problems the Gardaí has at the moment is that Garda numbers have steadily fallen since March 2020. The Garda College closed at that stage because of the uh, pandemic. So we had a record number of 14,800 guards in the force back in March 2020 and we're below 14,000 now. Um, that's a big problem. And, and and this is why we see that we have to have this top up of overtime. It's a patch-up job for falling Garda numbers. So I really think going forward, um, capacity in the jails, trying to work out a way where the courts could handle more of these higher churn cases and then don't stop guard of recruitment ever again because it, once you do that it leads to problems down the line. And Connor, even if we do increase the available numbers of jail spaces to deal with as you described mm. the bail problems and then the subsequent uh, imprisonment problems does prison function as a deterrent for these people? 
I really don't think it does. Um, you know, for some people who commit crime, um, it does. You know, it's a short, you know, it's a short, sharp shock or it's a long, sharp shock um, in some cases. And I think some people go to prison um, and they come out again and they don't get involved in, in um, you know, crime again. But as I say, and the type of people that Tony has talked about there, um, and he knows from obviously from his time in the guards, it's a particular cohort of people, and they just think they can go out and attack and rob and basically do what they want. And certainly for that group, um, going to prison doesn't seem to desert them when they go inside and they come back out again. They don't seem to cool off in their behaviour, even for a very short period of time. Um, generally, what we see with those people is they will turn in and out of the prison service for um, a period of years for a, for a kind of a range of offending. And then what happens typically is they'll do something more serious and they will end up in jail for a longer period of time. Sometimes that's the shock that they need. Sometimes by the time they, you know, by the time they're freed from jail, they may be in their late 20s or early 30s and they've just calmed down. You know, compared to what they were when they were uh, teenagers, but certainly I think a lot of the people who have been involved in the crimes that we ha- we have been reporting about um, for the last you know two months, three months or so, these are younger people um, who don't seem to have any fear of authority, don't seem to have any you know respect, and they don't appear to be put off by the prospect of a period in either Overstown out in um, North uh, County Dublin, which is the you know juvenile jail effectively or in adult prison. And in some cases, I think it probably adds to their, you know, credibility in their uh, peer group if they have spent time in jail. Conor Lally. Thank you. That's Conor Lally, Irish Times Security and Crime Editor. And before him, Tony Gallagher, former Garda Inspector. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.